really as an agent, you're dealing with, with people. I mean, it's people management, really. Do we match parents' needs and students' needs up with, with the right schools? One of the best ways to make the most of your career is to leave no stone left unturned. In this episode, I'm speaking to Samuel Pitt. He's an agent for boarding schools in the UK. He lives in Chile. Let's dive into this episode right now. Welcome back to I'd Rather Be at the Beach, brought to you by me. I'm Simon, and I run the Bonjour Agency. If you work in an independent school, then this is the podcast for you, where we don't talk about work, but we do talk to people in the independent school sector. It's fun, it's fascinating, it's fabulous. So let's jump into it. Sam, good afternoon. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Very well, Simon. Thanks very much for inviting me. I'm very happy to be on this show. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, you're you're the first agent that we've had uh, on I'd Rather Be at the Beach. Really? And uh, jumping back, so so you and I met at the uh, the boarding schools workshop at Heathrow. Gosh, when was that? Three weeks ago now? I can't remember. Yeah, it was kind of three weeks. Because I got back. I actually got back a couple of days ago from England. So I took a kind of extended extended trip out there. But yeah, it was it was basically 7th, 8th, 9th and 10th of November. Yeah, so. Right. Right, and you pinned me down quite unexpectedly, actually. <laughs> and and I and I did see on social media on LinkedIn that that you were jumping around a few schools after the event. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a little bit about yeah. that uh, yeah. in a moment. But but just for people that are listening to this, and maybe if they don't know what an agent actually does, then just yeah. tell us a little bit about about what it means to be an agent for schools. Well, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, when I was thinking about how to answer this question, um, I thought about it quite. Uh, quite deeply. And uh, I thought, well, trying to say, well, an agent kind of sends students over to the UK is a bit, is a bit more to it than that. And I kind of, I kind of likened our, our service to a degree to um, like a matchmaking service almost. We're a matchmaking, matchmaking agency. So basically what we do is that we obviously identify a gap in the market, um, obviously in our case in, in Chile, and we uh, match parents' needs and students' needs up with, with the right schools. So, so really, we, we're almost with a go the, with a go-between, you know, with a, the man in the middle, if you like, um, between what, what parents and what families are looking for, for their son or daughter, mm-hmm. and also what schools are looking for, um, obviously in this case in the UK. So, and we kind of match those needs up, okay? So mm-hmm. we act as a go-between, really, between the schools and the families. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And you mentioned Chile in there, so I was going to jump onto that in a second. Yeah. But, but but tell us a bit. So you're based in Chile, and so you liaise with, with parents that are trying to find a school in the UK for their child, but the family is is actually in Chile. That's right. Exactly that. Yeah. So, so I mean, going back a little bit, we, 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 started, we started an English Academy back in 2015. Mm-hmm. No doubt we'll probably talk uh, a little bit later on about how, how, we, how I arrived in Chile. But basically, what we realized is that there was a gap in the market for families to send children, normally kind of teenage children, maybe between kind of 13 and 17, to the UK. And well, it took us a bit of, bit of time to kind of identify exactly what families were looking for. Were they looking for the kind of host families? Were they looking for maybe time in the States? How long were they looking for? And then we came across uh, the British Boarding School Network. And so we were originally looking for maybe one or two schools to work with and organizing kind of alliances between us and a, as an agency in one or two schools. But obviously, once we got in touch with the, with the BBSN, we realized there was an absolute plethora 
of, of schools out there looking for international students. Um, and they were, they were more than happy because schools are looking to internationalize. And so they're more than happy to take on, you know, take short term, short term students who are normally looking at kind of one term or two terms. Mm-hmm. And um, really, families are looking for that kind of holistic UK experience, that boarding school experience, you know, mm. um, really, I mean, the academic side of it is not so important for the families, but really mm-hmm. want their child really to experience a kind of Harry Potter-esque, you know, kind of yeah. setting an, an experience, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so so the boarding schools obviously offer that. So that just fit in perfectly with, with uh, what our families were looking for. Were you born in Chile? No, I wasn't actually. So I was born in the UK. So I'm really 100% 100% English. Okay. Whereabouts in the UK were you born? What 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 was your hometown? Yeah, so I was actually born in Putney in London. Okay. Uh, Wimbledon Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I was raised in the uh raised in the east. So raised um I'm a country boy really. So so raised in the east of England in in East Anglia close to Ipswich which uh, used to be quite a small town but it's it's quite a big town now. So I was raised there and I lived there from basically the age of four through to when I was, uh, when I left left home at, you know, 19 years old. So, yeah, so right. I'm a Suffolk boy. I'm a Suffolk boy. <laughs> okay. So, so, so how the heck did you end up in Chile in that case? That's a really good question. I mean, there's, um, there's no simple answer to that really. Um, I don't know where to start really, <laughs> but really, um, I mean, obviously, I obviously went through school, and then I and then I obviously did uh, various various um, examinations and exams that I had to do, and then uh, I was working in London. That in London, that's where I met my wife. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. this is going back to two thousand and four, and then when we got married, um, we were we were deciding where to go on honeymoon. Actually, Uh, and my wife was raised in Africa, um, and I, you know, and I like. You know, we were discussing things as you do, and uh, I said, "Well, I'd really like to go to Africa and do a safari in Africa." And she said, "Well, now I've lived in Africa all my life. Mm. Um, let's go to. I want to go somewhere really where neither of neither neither of us have been. Mm. You know, you you can you can go you can go to Africa. We can go to Africa anytime. You know, yeah. we're we're still waiting, but uh, <laughs> but it'll it'll happen. It'll happen." Um, and funnily enough, my wife had, uh, she owned a house in Oxford, we we're living in Oxford, and mm-hmm. uh, she used to rent out rooms to uh, to Spanish and overseas students. And funnily enough, she had, she had rented out a room of her house to a Chilean, to a Chilean, a young Chilean woman, okay, mm-hmm. who she became very good friends with. And um, so, cut a long story short, we went to Chile on our honeymoon, yeah. And so we went, we spent the most incredible month in, in, in Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we, and we met some really incredible people. I mean, Chileans love the British. I mean, the British are very popular in, in Chile, funny enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it, but and we were, I mean, we were just showing an incredible time. So when we came back, came back to the UK, we thought, well, wouldn't it be great to, you know, and there was a, actually a, a bus- I was working in catering and hospitality then, worked basically as a hotel manager. Mm-hmm. And an opportunity came about uh, to work in Chile, but the timing wasn't quite right. So we came back to the UK. We finished all our, our master's programs. Uh, my wife and I would, were, were doing, both doing master's. I was doing one in, in basically marketing and innovation and management. And then, uh, obviously, we were living in Oxford, and I met a Chilean, another sort of couple, couple of Chilean friends, 
Okay. Uh, while you're uh, in Oxford, not not in. Chile. While I was in Oxford, yeah, a lot of Chileans come to Oxford to study, and they do postgraduate, they do PhDs, and okay, all sorts yeah. of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, I explained to him about life plans and what we wanted to do, and uh, and then the subprime crisis hit the UK two thousand eight two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we we'd had a young family, so this is we'd been married kind of six years, and we had three young kids, and we were actually renting a house. We'd sold the house which we originally had in Oxford. We were renting a house mm-hmm. because we wanted our children to get into a, a specific school, but for that we had to live in the catchment area. Mm. And then I was working in, in sales and marketing then for a you know, for a family business, which went bust. So suddenly we found ourselves in a situation where we were renting, well renting a house. Um, I'd lost my job, mm-hmm. and 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 so I started talking to this um, Chilean lawyer. He was a Chilean lawyer actually, mm-hmm. um, called Cristobal Arrego, who writes for one of the big, sort of heavy newspapers, uh, El Mercurio. And uh, he said, "Well, listen, if you're really serious about this, a good point of entry would be to go in as a as a as an English teacher, really." And obviously, I'd never taught before in my life. So. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I started. He gave, he put me in touch with various people here in Chile, various um, various schools, private schools, and then I came over. I came over to basically for a month to do a recce, uh, organize some interviews, and then I came back to about a month later. Um, I came back with a contract in my hand. So school offered me a, a job to work as an English teacher wow. in their school. And I came back to the UK with a contract in my hand. And so that was in September 2010. And by, by the January, we'd actually moved out here. And I'd, and I'd started working out here. Wow. So that's, wow. The, that's the, it's a little bit convoluted, but that's, that's basically how I ended up in Chile. But it's amazing that, I mean, clearly Chile is a very different place to Oxford. But given your situation when you're in Oxford, you know, a lot of people might find themselves negatively thinking you know gosh i've i've lost my job i don't even own a house anymore and i don't know whether or not your children were were, were in the school that you were trying to get them into but a lot of people might yeah. look at their own lives in that situation and think it's all going wrong it's all going wrong but actually it strikes me that you very much saw the opportunity in there and then did yeah. something positive about that exactly that exactly that so so my wife and I, we're very we're very you know kind of can do we have kind of kind of have a can do attitude about us and funnily enough the this master's program which i did it taught me a lot taught me a lot how to look for opportunities in you know even in in, in extreme circumstances mm. you know when the you know when the when the when the chips are down and so i and I was just absolutely hell bent on this, you know. I, I, it's something which I really wanted to do. Uh, obviously, I, I'd done a bit of research, and I found out that Chile was a very, very, very good place to start a business. They do a lot of work, you know, with entrepreneurs, and they have various, various funding platforms where you can gain funding, what have you. And obviously, in the long term, my aim was to start start a business. You know, at that mm-hmm. time, I didn't quite know what the business was, mm-hmm. but as it became clear, as I started working in these schools became clear that it was a real need for uh, a different type of English academy you know mm-hmm. so so I initially started the academy as a as a as a kind of communication uh, mm-hmm. a kind of uh, communication type of academy where English is taught kind of holistically not through kind of elements of grammar and and things like this you know mm-hmm. and so that, that's how I set the academy up basically and then from there uh, obviously I get to, got talking to people got to know a lot of families through the schools while I was working. And that's when people started to ask me the question, do you, do you know, do you have, do you send, can I send my child over to the UK and things like this? How does it work? Are you working that? And at the time I wasn't, but then it became clear that, 
became clear as to how we should kind of launch a business like that, really. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Did you always <laughs> know that you were going to start your own business in some field, whatever that might be? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I did. So so really, I started the, I thought, actually, originally, I thought I was going to start some sort of catering and hospitality business because mm. I was working in, working, working in that area. So yeah, so I knew that I wanted to start a business. And then really, when, um, when we, when after a time in Chile, it became clear as to what that business was going to be. And I, I never really thought it, it necessarily going to be in like an English academy. But no, I was quite passionate about starting something, you know, and well, I mean, you know, nearly 12 years later, mm. it's what I'm doing. And you know what? I love it. I really do love it. It's, it's definitely, definitely my niche. Just a quick thing. You're here listening to this podcast episode. But for a moment, imagine that you've got your own school podcast that you use either for the recruitment of pupils or that you use for alumni relations. Here at Bonjour, we help schools have their own podcast by creating them with all the technical background being done for you. We get them onto Apple Podcasts and Spotify, sure, but then we work with your school to ensure there's consistent content coming for each episode. For your first five episodes, you could do something like meet the head in episode number one. Find out what the head is really like in their spare time, what they get up to at the weekend. Maybe the admissions process in episode two, where we hear from the admissions manager and a parent who went through that process 12 months ago. This is super helpful for a prospective parent. Episode three could be some pupils talking about what they like about school. Episode four, one of your alumni on why they loved being a pupil at your school so much. And episode five could be that really enthusiastic head of drama who always raves about the school. This can help with staff recruitment. A podcast for school marketing is easy to start. It's less expensive than you might think. Check out the website, thebonjouragency.com for more information. But in the meantime, let's get back into this episode. In a moment, I'm going to ask you what, what you do love about being in Chile. But first of all, tell me a couple of things that you that you miss about the UK. I'm going to guess the weather isn't one of them. Actually, I'm saying that. I don't know what the weather's like where you are in Chile. Um, but but, but what, yeah. what do you miss about the UK? What are the negatives about being in Chile? Well, do you know what? As a, as a, um, I miss Christmas actually. I miss Christmas in the UK. You know, I've never really quite got used to Christmas in the heat. You know, um, mm -hmm. although I mean, it's nice. You know, it's nice. But I kind of, I was back, I was, I was back last month, as you know, and uh, I quite enjoyed the wet and the cold for mm -hmm. a month. You know, mm -hmm. Quite enjoyed it. Mm. Um, so. Definitely Christmas is one of them. I, I would much prefer to spend Christmas in, you know, in a kind of English environment with the with the cold and the snow and you know, and the biting wind. I, I, I don't kind of mind that really. Sam, let me ask you a bit more about that. Is 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 that because you associate Christmas with you know cold and and you know that 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 Dickensian style of of yeah, snow on yeah. the streets and that kind of thing, or or is it also the fact that that's what you're used to from when you were a child? I'm asking this selfishly because I'm living outside the UK now, and certainly yeah. I, I find Christmas a very different experience when I'm not in yeah. my home country, which is how I experienced it as a child. But t tell me what your thoughts yeah. are on that. My thoughts is that yeah, it, I'm really a bit of both. I mean, I, I associate Christmas with the cold, with the frost, and the and the snow. Really, you know. So after kind of you know forty odd years experiencing Christmas like that, to experience then experience it. In, in the heat with barbecues in the swimming pool, mm -hmm. although it's very nice, mm -hmm. is not something which I equate with Christmas, really. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but I mean, it's Christmas Day and, you know, it's one day 
And the rest of the time, I, I'm fine with being in the heat, you know, and, yeah. and you know, experiencing a different type of Christmas. But just on that Christmas day, you kind of want it to be cold and frosty, yeah. don't you? Yeah. You know, and, and sipping kind of mulled wine and, uh, <laughs> exactly. you know, you know, in the freezing cold. I kind of love all that. Yeah. yeah. It's strange, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's strange. It's strange. Yeah. What else do you miss about the UK? I miss little things. I miss little things. Like, for example, one of the things I really enjoyed when I was over last month was the stores like the Upper Crust. <laughs> These little sandwich shops you gave me can't quite get, uh, you know, such sort of quality sandwiches. And, and I mean, you do get good coffee, very good coffee here in Chile. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like that, that um, like the whole train experience, you know, you get your coffee and your sandwich, and you get onto the train and you, you know, so I was traveling quite quite extensively across mm. the UK. And uh, you don't have that in Chile. So you don't have that kind of traveling experience, jumping on a train. Mm-hmm. There are no trains here in Chile. So everything is by kind of car. Ooh. And it's it's quite chaotic. So they don't mm-hmm. have, they have a, obviously an underground service, a metro mm-hmm. they call it here. Mm-hmm. But you don't have that. So that kind of traveling experience, mm-hmm. um, I do miss that. I wish Chile had a kind of better connectivity really mm. you know mm. and just little thing i miss my family you know we i come from a big family yeah. uh we're seven you know and uh i've got i've got three brothers that i'm you know <laughs> we get on very well but i mean the good thing so i miss them i do mm. miss them although one of my brothers in new zealand but um i miss i miss uh you know having having the old pint with them in the pub and, yeah. and things like that you yeah. know yeah so it's kind of, it's kind of small things really, Simon. Yeah. But then when people think about Chile, uh, if if anyone's anything like me, you think of Chile as just being a long thin country. But apart from that, I mean, that's kind of where my knowledge of Chile sort of stops. Tell us something about Chile and what it's actually like there. Well, I'll start with the. It's it's a country of extremes. It really is. So you've got um, you've got the driest desert in the in the north, the Atacama, mm-hmm. um, which is. Extraordinary. I haven't actually been up to the Atacama yet. Um, and then and you've got fjords and glaciers in the south, Patagonia. So, so, and then obviously in the in the kind of zones four or five, yeah, four and five, which is kind of like the central zone. Uh, you've got you've got more temperate weather, mm. but um, it's a country where which is quite conservative, um, has a very family uh, centric. Kind of atmosphere. So, so even you know, from you know, from the upper class to the middle class to the lower middle class, this sense of family is very strong, mm. and that's definitely something which I feel quite attracted to. You know, to to bring a, I'm, I've got I've got five kids here, Gosh. and to bring them up in a in a in a um, in a good family environment is something which I'm really grateful for. Mm. I think that my children definitely wouldn't have had the same upbringing in the UK. Mm. You know. Mm. And um, it's quite a conservative country, although over the last two or three years, it's it's changed quite a bit. We've got uh, various, you know, we've had various governments in, and it's quite bureaucratic actually. A lot of the, uh, like for example, the health system is privatised, mm-hmm. and just their way of doing things is quite bureaucratic, a little bit slow. So, I mean, there, there's some of the initial thoughts I've got on on Chile, but um, I think probably the overwhelming idea if you like mm-hmm. is that it's a it's a very much a family uh centric uh has a family centric culture if you like mm. yeah which is which which is which is quite attractive is it safe 
Yes, generally it is. It's become under, under, a lot of people would say that under this government, it's become a little bit more dangerous. They have not so, it's not so tough on crime, mm-hmm. if you like. Mm-hmm. And, and um, certainly with, with the, with the, well, they're looking to change the constitution. Also, the constitution goes back to the to the Pinochet regime, you know, and so a lot of people want the constitution updated. Mm. Um, and there was a lot of kind of a lot of kind of social unrest back in 2018, 2019, which kind of gave gave rise to the new the idea of formulating a new constitution mm-hmm. because the basically the gap between the upper between upper class. And the middle class and lower middle class is still quite still quite a large gap, mm. and so and so basically the cost of living went up, you mm. know, mm. Uh, and so I would say probably in the last in in the last couple of years it's come it's become slightly more unsafe, mm-hmm. particularly in the centre of Santiago. But it's not like some of the troubles that we saw in Venezuela or places like that. No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I would say now there's there there are. Little problems with drug culture, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, people are coming across from Venezuela and things like that, places mm-hmm. like that. So certainly, in the, with, within the last year or two, it has become a little bit more dangerous, I'd say. But in general, no, I would say it's it's a pretty safe country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam, sometimes people who work in UK schools in marketing and admissions, they think about leaving their school to become an agent themselves. Yeah. Would Would you recommend that as a way of life? I think that um, it, it's, it's got to be right for them. So, it, it, I mean, really, as an agent, you're dealing with uh, you're dealing with with people. I mean, it's people management, really. You know, and I think that if if somebody if that is for somebody if somebody likes dealing with people mm-hmm. and really kind of not just dealing with them but really kind of understanding and wanting to help them, mm-hmm. I, I think that's really important. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and if you want to make a difference to people's lives, then I definitely working as an uh, as an agent or you know starting an agency is, is definitely something which is which is which is um, quite attractive. It's good fun, you know. Um, if you if you're a kind of office worker, prefer working at a desk, then I would say probably it's not for you. I think also something which I found quite useful as a as an as an agent is that you really have to understand. You know the experience that you're offering to families. So, for example, me coming out to the UK was—I found that extremely useful in visiting the schools mm. and really getting a kind of secondhand knowledge of where they are, how they work, the atmosphere, mm. what really they can offer. Uh, because it it takes a bit more than just looking at a glossy glossy brochure and a, you know attractive website to really understand what, the, what schools are offering. Yeah. But I think that if that if that is something which appeals to you and you're Dealing with people and negotiating to a certain degree as well. I mean, I love all of that. I love that 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 side of that side of the work, you know. So if that is for somebody, then absolutely, I recommend working as an agent for sure. Awesome, that's really good to hear. And Sam, we got a new segment here on the podcast now. We're calling this "Repeat After Me." So the idea, I, I'm I'm going to okay. start off a sentence for you. Uh, you have to repeat yep. the sentence and then finish the sentence. So here we go. One of the best ways to work with an agent is to. One of the best ways to work with an agent is to understand their market. Understand their market. Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay, second one. One of the best ways to make the most of your career is to... One of the best ways to make the most of your career is to leave no stone left unturned. Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay, and then third and final (laughs) one. If I wanted to leave the school I worked for and travel the world for my work, I would... If I wanted to leave the school I worked for and to travel the world... I would identify the places that I really wanted to visit. 
So on that note, what places in the world have you not visited that you'd like to visit? Well, I think we're going to start fairly, fairly close to home. So I'd like to, I'd like to finish visiting Chile. I'd like to go to the Atacama first. You mm. know, I've mm. done the sound, but I haven't done the Atacama yet. And you know what? I've got this thing about going to Argentina because um, I'm a huge steak and red wine lover, you know. And <laughs> I, I want to go to Buenos Aires. I'm, I'm looking for, always looking for an excuse to go to Buenos Aires because they've got the most incredible steakhouses mm. and, they, and they do fantastic wine as well. So I've got a couple of people that are working for me in Buenos Aires. So I'm always looking for an excuse to visit, <laughs> go and travel there. <laughs> and then maybe taking your wife to Africa to do that trip that you never did. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely a, that's definitely on the bucket list. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Sam, keeping an eye on time, we're going to need to bring this to a close in a second. But if okay. anybody's heard any of this and wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Oh, really? I'm I'm quite big into WhatsApp, so they can they can they can get in touch with me via WhatsApp. My number is including the code plus five six nine 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 four seven five zero four six. Or they can send me an email, sam at pittenglish.cl. And Pitt English is so, two T's in there, P-I-T-T English. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. yeah, like P-I-T-T and then English altogether, mm-hmm. .cl. Okay, yeah. all right, perfect. Well, we'll put a link to both those in the show notes. But for now, thank you so much for being here. It's been really good talking to you. It's been great for me to understand more about what an agent does. But I think more so just finding out what it's like having moved from Oxford and having grown up in the UK, uh, moving across to Chile. But Sam, thank you for being here. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Simon. And um, well, I'm sure I haven't asked you any questions. But one of these days, I'll get to know you a bit better as well. (laughs) Maybe we'll turn the tables one time. Thanks, Sam. Absolutely. Bye for now. Okay, Simon. Take care now. Thanks a lot. So you've just reached the end of this episode. If you would like to have a podcast in your school for your own school marketing, then zip on over to www.thebonjouragency.com. We get your school podcast up and running and we keep it going for consistent episodes coming out regularly. But if you don't want a podcast, then you're still welcome here at I'd Rather Be At The Beach because we're just like a big family here. Anyway, the next episode's coming out soon, so click that option to follow or subscribe. It just means that you won't miss it. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.